podcast everyone welcome to the charvak podcast this is your host kushal vera today's podcast is called the history of human sacrifice i don't know what is wrong with either me or abhijit ayer mitra that we decide to talk about subjects like this but here we are so just to give you an idea so every month abhijit and i sit together and we think, think of a topic to talk, talk about so while we were discussing this month abhijit is like let us talk about human sacrifice i was like abhijit why he's like because i want to talk about it so here we are abhijit welcome and start namaste brothers and sisters so i'll tell you why i want to talk about human sacrifice kamala kuchachu chukakum kumato niyatar rita sudanila tano கமலாயோச்சனோக்கோடிமேஷாயுதபேஜாயிபிஷயிபேஜாயிபேஜாயிபேஜாயிபேஜாயிபேஜாயிபேஜாயிபேஜாயிபேஜாயிபேஜாய
some of the earliest instances of human sacrifice that we have come from round about this area, what is called the Fertile Crescent. Uh, these are the archaeologically attested uh, uh, instances of human sacrifice, say from Egypt all the way through the Fertile Crescent. This is called the Fertile Crescent, the Euphrates, Tigris, uh, things like that. Now, Iraq, if you go to Sumer, now if you go back to the... Uh, 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 the uh, what was it the Iron Age Bronze Age uh, economy episode that we did uh, you know I brought up uh, Lapis Lazuli and the tomb of uh, Queen Puabi and the early Sumerian burials and how Sumer was a linguistic isolate you have the earliest retainer sacrifices here in this area where you know retainers to the king and the queen were buried with them some of them were given poison some of them were clubbed over the head you know, Flintstone styles, head smashed in. And uh, you would, uh, uh, they would be buried and you'd have 30, 40, up to 70 people. Surprisingly, this, you know, continues for a while out here. And very surprisingly, even in Egypt, you have the first dynasty, there is retainer sacrifice. If all the tombs of the first dynasty of Egypt have retainers buried alive with the pharaoh. It stops, remarkably, it just stops uh, uh, by the time of the second and the third dynasties. It just stops. We don't know why, but it stops. Uh, but this area is really important now. I don't know, you know, where the oldest, I mean, this is a high, uh, 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 highly contested subject. But the uh, uh, basic thing here is that it seems that organized human sacrifice in this fashion starts off sometime around the Bronze Age, though we suspect it could have started in the late Stone Age. Why is that? Well, it's for the very simple reason that humans, for some reason, acquire a power to start abstracting. Religion ultimately is based on a power to abstract. You can stop the screen sharing for now. Uh, 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 you know, is, uh, you know, uh, based on the power to abstract. Now, an animal can't think, ki bhai ye mera bachcha kyo mara? An animal can't think, oh, why did my house burn down? Or why did my tree burn down, technically? Uh, why did uh, uh, a disease strike my uh, uh, family and why did they die? So you have to then think of a greater power. Think about this. We all know what religion is. But for the first humans abstracting religion, you don't find examples of religion in any other primate species. We don't even know for a fact if uh, Neanderthals had a religion. But they ha did. Wasn't there some research, life. Abhijit, about chimps having proto-religion now? There is. You remember I sent you that video about chimps having what we think is proto-religion. Who was that famous uh, lady who all spent almost her whole her whole Jane life? Jane Goodall. Which, but Jane yeah. Goodall didn't discover proto-religion. This is a very modern thing. And it's more amongst bonobos than it is amongst chimps, I think. Uh, we think it is proto-religion. We still don't know because a tree stump, they seem to visit and offers stones to a tree stump. 
not too much smarter than a chimpanzee at any rate so this becomes a problem of first fixing out when does abstraction begin because from the abstraction of a god to going to the need to sacrifice to a god is a huge mental step we don't notice it you will notice killing in almost every uh, uh, life form but in return for a uh, favor from the gods or benediction from the gods it becomes problematic so this becomes an issue in pinpointing the thing and this is where i start sharing my screen again uh this particular find put back everything quite far back and this is gokbeli tepe somewhere here in turkey let me find it theek okay. hai now gokbeli tepe is around 12000 years old uh let me get satellite uh imagery ye hai na satellite टेम्पलूशन and look at this look at the size of these rocks these are tons and tons and tons of rock so clearly even in the stone age when there is no evidence of bronze at this point of time humans were building temples they clearly had the power of abstraction now there's been no proof of human sacrifice at gokpeli tepe but the assumption is that it is in the bronze age in the essentially in the neolithic and to the early bronze age that human sacrifice that humans attain the level of abstraction now why do i say that this is happening at this point of time only in the neolithic not the paleolithic which is to say the old stone age the later parts of the stone age it's because here think of this also as a sacrifice you could have been attending to your sheep you could have been attending to your cattle you could have been attending to you could have been foraging for food at this time agriculture wasn't available yet you chose to spend time carving rocks and things like that and making a monument to the gods it is a sacrifice of time it is a sacrifice of time and effort a lot of time and effort imagine bringing 20 ton rocks like this onto a uh, 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 
hilltop because remember this is a hilltop if you look at the uh, uh, terrain here this is on top of a hill mm -hmm. right it's 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 not easy land to just drag up a 20 ton stone up here it's not flat land flat land to idhar hai flat land idhar hai and yet they have dragged this stone up here right so it becomes very important in that sense that you see that there is the concept of sacrifice it could have of course started even in the paleolithic age when you had you know the rock paintings and things like that because this again is a sacrifice of time the issue is there is no spiritual angle to it finding a spiritual angle at that point of time like the lasco rock caves or the bimbetka uh, uh, rock paintings and things like that they representations of life hmm. okay they're more an artistic expression than they are and an artistic expression is actually uh, earlier to come across than a religious expression because a religious expression involves an exchange which is again a very sophisticated thought process evolving especially with someone abstract where you're evolving a thought process ki mai tumko abhi ek zind i'm giving you a life now in return for something good maybe one year down the line right so it it's now i know this is a bit difficult to understand i can't see the comments kushal for some whatever reason um oh i have put but, them off i will put them back on because you look at the comments that's the problem <laughs> Oh okay. Yeah. Yes, please behave. I'm the only one that's allowed to swear out here. You people can't swear, okay? Yeah. Because uh, that's uh, the whole yeah. point. So to baad mein comments dekhna, abhi as of now comments band rahenge. To bol. Okay, theek. So what ends up happening is we have a huge problem in determining the earliest human sacrifices. Mm -hmm. We know for a fact that uh, cannibalism and sadistic torture Mm -hmm. are very very early chimpanzees do it okay chimpanzees yeah, are very do. very sadistic they they torture for pleasure dude they, they eat fingers kids. fingers khate hain ek ek karke finger no, khate hain they, they deliberately choose methods of killing that exacerbate the pain no other animal does that lions tigers leopards they will cause pain when they're young inexperienced hunters okay when they're making their first few kills once they become more sophisticated they dispatch the prey like that because it's dangerous for the prey to remain alive they don't go around toying with their prey so we th there is enough evidence of torture and killing so for example in spain you have a paleolithic uh, 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 site where 12 members of a family were butchered and killed and eaten from about what uh, 30 40000 years back or so mm -hmm. the question is where does a human sacrifice come about now for this we have to get conceptually into the human sacrifice and this is that power of abstraction ki mm -hmm. a guy who has just discovered fire who has just discovered how to make stone tools how is he able to think so far you know even thinking into the future is a very sophisticated thought process a squirrel thinks only of the winter a bear thinks of hibernation only in winter and so it eats up but that's a six month period mm 
but it is also a sort of sign of future thinking where does the future thinking of a barter transaction where i provide my time my goods my life or blood to a god in return for benediction in the future arrive it's very problematic we will probably never have the answer to that so it becomes problematic identifying where the first human sacrifices and if human sacrifices started in one population and spread as a homo sapiens spread was it a cognate feature that existed also in neanderthals and therefore did it erupt sort of simultaneously in a lot of cultures uh i don't have any answers to that but these are the important questions when you're dealing with this that you have to understand and i'm going to start my share screen again i want you to see the spread of human sacrifice in that we know uh because remember again this is all archaeology dependent you can only determine a guy might have been killed in the forest but unless we have a sort of spiritual setting nearby we can't exactly determine if it was human sacrifice right so around 2000 years back we have evidence of human sacrifice in japan around uh, 3 and 1/2 4000 years back we have evidence of industrial scale human sacrifice in china industrial money in the hundreds probably even ranging up to the thousands okay and these are retainer sacrifices for uh, 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 kings and uh, things like that uh, during the uh, shang dynasty hmm. uh, we also have examples of human sacrifice happening out here in this area and about 5000 years back we also have evidence of human sacrifice in malta and in uh, crete crete kahan pe hai crete malta where malta kahan gaya malta yahi kahin hai theek hai so you have examples of that we also have examples of human sacrifice happening at the pontic steppe somewhere here okay now what Abhiji, happens is before you go can i uh, can i ask a question here if you don't mind yeah yeah feel feel free feel free to ha uh-huh. so how does one determine uh, archaeologically whether the human sacrifice has happened like so so let's say see all these are determined how so i'm digging i find graves like how do i know this is a human sacrifice like uh, there has to be a clear severed head or severed hand or severed fingers or, or it could just be torture right so like how does one determine that if you don't mind me asking that right so so that's what i said so uh, it, it's you can find a tortured body it could have been a human sacrifice but there has to be a spiritual context of the setting so for example if a human was sacri- not tortured say just head was chopped off in a grove all the trees there have died it may have been a human sacrifice but we will never know it was a human sacrifice all we know is that it's a violent death okay whereas the areas that i'm showing you so for example jomon which is japan idhar we have the context of a dedication ceremony of a building where a corpse is found crushed under the pillar so and there is a prayer something something with it 
you know, talismans and tokens. So we know it is an offering. In uh, China, these people are buried alive in the tombs of the Shang emperors. Many people buried alive, some of them clubbed, some of them chopped, but they're be uh, uh, mostly buried alive in the tombs of the Shang emperors. Mm -hmm. So we know it is a spiritual context that these people are meant to serve in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Similarly, in Iraq, it is retainer sacrifice that they are buried with the ruler. So we know there is a religious context. In uh, the Pontic step here, it's either somewhere, I uh, forget to mark the exact site, but it's either in, uh, well, well, this is also technically Eastern Russia as per uh, Putin uh, right now. <coughs> but uh, uh, there is a religious context to it because there are dolls and things like that placed around. Well, I mean, we think deities placed around the uh, uh, this thing. In uh, Egypt, again, it is retainer sacrifice that they are placed in a religious context to serve the pharaoh in his afterlife. Okay. Uh, the other thing that we see is the other places where we get human sacrifices are Germany, Denmark, and the UK. Uh, and in this particular area, we have Bronze Age sacrifices, not Sweden at this point, but just this, this triangle. We have evidence of Bronze Age sacrifices. They're called Peatberg bodies. Now I can show you a Peatberg body. Peatberg mummies, they're called. Uh, let me share my, I am sharing my screen. Good. Uh, see these? The positioning is interesting. Yeah. Now, we know this because, you know, in this cord around this person's neck, there are religious talismans, there are markings, there are tattoos on the skin. Uh, there is a very clear slicing. There is no sign of being bound, etc., etc., etc. It was done very... Uh, the artifacts found with it were religious in nature. So it was clearly offered to the gods in return for something. And like I said, these are about four, 5,000 years old, right? Uh, in this uh, triangle, in the Denmark. Uh, this one is in Denmark, the one I showed you. Mm. Uh, so we know that this is happening roundabout. At least we're finding archaeological evidence from around 5,000. From 5,000 to 4,000 years, till about 3,500 years back, we find evidence here. We find evidence here. We have literary evidence that it happened here, though we have not found archaeological evidence here. We know it was happening here in this area. We know it is happening here and here. This is 2000. This is not 3000. So let me leave Japan out of it. Okay. So we, therefore, the assumption is that this is something late Paleolithic that picks up significantly in the Bronze Age. In India, remember, you do have mentioned there is literary evidence. There is no actual archaeological evidence of human sacrifice. Because you have the Purushameda Yagya. Okay. What is the Purushameda Yagya? What is it uh, described as? Uh, well, uh, we don't have a description of what the Purushameda Yagya involved. 
the ashwamedha yagya is where uh, you all hear the nice bits about ashwamedha yagya where the horse is uh, sent running around kingdoms and the king is mm-hmm. meant to fight wherever uh, it goes if the king if the uh, uh, neighboring king does not submit but mm-hmm. you know what happens to the horse after that well not good things not good things mm. uh, the question is do we want to talk about what happens to the horse after that i don't know if that will be allowed on the video or uh, they'll i mean i can always uh, tag it as sensitive material that's not a big deal yeah just tag it as sensitive material man so okay. the horse is first worshiped uh, there are meant to be two queens for some reason yes. the ashwamedha yagya requires two queens always yeah. uh the uh, queens are meant to simulate fornication with the horse uh the horse is fed kusha grass you know love and kush uh, kush mm-hmm. is named after or kusha grass is named after that it's a very specific kind of grass before it is regurgitated uh when it goes in the first time into the horse's stomach the horse's stomach is meant to be slit open mm-hmm. uh the queen is then meant to lay one the second queen the one who did not simulate fornication with the horse is meant to lay inside the corpse the entire night and the next day the horse is then roasted with ghee and eaten okay now uh purushamedha we don't have a description of what happened uh it just says as for ashwamedha so what happened is up to you there has never been any archaeological evidence found the thing is but but then if it is uh, no archaeological evidence found also shows that it must be very rare otherwise it's very you know ivc level pe to mil hi jana chahiye it talked about once it's only hmm. talked about once yeah in the indus valley civilization we have absolutely no proof of human sacrifice Nothing. at all at all in fact i would say we don't even have proof of animal sacrifice because there is no uh, uh, of all the bones discovered kushal correct me if i'm wrong but i've never read about a animal being found the animal remains being found at a site of presumed religious significance is that correct no so not at uh, the altars nahi they found it in the tandoors whenever they found animal the, bones yeah, in the ivc in, but the tandoor the is tandoors. not a religious site yeah, yeah in the i mean they would find odd animal bones uh, in the the yagya sites but very rarely and they could be contamination they could not necessarily be that. exactly we don't we don't they, they, unlike say china uh, 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 the northern uh, uh, european triangle crete where there is crystal clear proof there is context in crete for example uh, an earthquake actually captured the moment of the sacrifice where the person was being slaughtered an earthquake happened at that exact time and it killed the two attendants the priestess with the knife in her hand and obviously the guy who had been sacrificed uh, the temple collapsed on them and so we literally have a snapshot of a sacrifice at that point of time Yeah, but don't you think right. it is fascinating for a uh, civilization like India, which has had all kinds of sacrifice, uh, culture, Homa culture, Yagya culture, human sacrifice is so rare in India. It is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so the question is: Is it rare, or was it sanitized out? 
Okay, this is a question that keeps getting asked, and I come down on the side of it was rare, and I'll tell you why it's rare. Now, see, there are two arguments that uh, are constantly upheld. We know that South Asia, which is again, I'm not going to call it South Asia. I'm going to call it the Indian subcontinent. Akhand Bharat. Uh, Akhand Bharat. So we know for a fact that in Akhand Bharat. See, it is at the crossroads of three of the early human species. Homo florensis and uh, uh, the Asian man is generally found here. The Denisovans and the Neanderthals are found here. Okay, uh, a Homo sapien is found here. How is it that in India you only have one primitive skull called Narmada man? That is the only prehistoric. Fragment found in India. How is it humanly possible? You tell me. Okay, so clearly that is not the case, right? I mean, we can say purely on a statistical basis that the thing here is that our archaeology is so bad that we haven't dug it up because being in the crossroads of all three, you know, uh, Neanderthals were found right up to here. Denisovans were are the Denisovan range includes this area, possibly even up to Kyrgyzstan. How is it that you're not finding anything out here? Clearly, there's something wrong with the image, and that has to do with a, you know, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, like this. And also, okay. if you look at the flow of the original humans, they come all the way down to the Andaman Islands. So, I mean, the, yeah, exactly. The, the spread of land them is so there. huge. Uh, no, no, there was a land okay. bridge there, but the point is the uh, the spread is quite a lot, right, from one side to the other side of the country. Right. Okay. Uh, but remember, this area is actually very rich in human remains. And it, uh, because if you look at it, technically, the uh, Andaman Islands are an extension of the Arakan Mountain. So this is the Arakan Mountain. The Arakan Mountain goes underwater here. It's the exact same ridge that becomes the Andaman and Nicobar Islands here. So, you know, there is cultural continuity. You find things here. Where cultural continuities here. What I'm talking about is Mukhya Bhumi, as they call it in Andamans, they call it the Mukhya Bhumi proper. There is little to zero evidence here. Okay. This is point number one. Point number two. If we assume, why is it that you have, uh, when you have four different human species bordering us, four, five, possibly even six human species bothered, uh, bordering us, why is this area so anthropologically poor in terms of fossil remains or remains in general? Then the corollary, and this is the second argument, is that China may itna industrial human sacrifice if there was industrial sacrifice here, if there was industrial sacrifice, human sacrifice here, if there is industrial level human well, this was actually industrial, this was solitary, this was reasonably large scale and reasonably large scale why should it also not be here why is mm. india isolated i'll tell you why because the burial culture here is very very different from all these other areas for some reason body preservation is very important here it is very important here but even in the indus valley which is archaeologically very well attested there is no culture of body preservation. 
Sanauli, therefore, is the freak show in all of this. But Sanauli okay. is and more Sanauli... gadgetic, less IVC, na. But Sanauli is somewhere here, no? Ah, magar wo gadgetic or IVC ke border pe hai. No, but that doesn't matter. The point is, it's same time frame. See, if 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 this we know was a human hotspot where you can't find remains logically. Why is it that this is a human sacrifice hotspot? This is a human sacrifice hotspot, but this is not. I mean, they and did the have burials. Abhijit, Bishal, don't, don't, don't. They had burials, but they did have burials, but they are few and far between. We are not discovering massive burials, and we are certainly not discovering retainer sacrifices. So the burial culture itself was different. See, burial is different from preservation. Here you are preserving something for the afterlife. Here you are preserving something for the afterlife. Here you are not looking. Sanoli is one of the rare instances where you have a significance of grave goods. Tell me in the IVC where you have a bury a rich burial with grave goods. Look, so. From whatever archaeology I have read in IVC, the burials are very specific. They have uh, a a particular direction. If I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember the direction. I think it was westwards. They they used to bury in a particular fashion. See, that is not the point. It is the orientation has been happening since uh, Neanderthal times. Neanderthals also had a specific orientation of burial. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second, I'm talking uh, specifically about grave goods. Understand the abstraction out here. You are putting something with the body to take into the next life. Yeah, whereas that is there in IVC, Abhijit. It is there in IVC. Where? Okay, I it is there in Rakhi Gadi. It it is there in Rakhi Gadi. Uh, okay, uh, wait. I'll show it to you. In fact, uh, pottery bhi milegi tere ko burial ke saath. Pottery tak milegi. Uh, do log bhi buried milenge tere ko, Abhijit. I can show it to you. Wait. मिलेंगेर I'll have to because I I'm opening research gate by the way. मतलब ऑंगा पंगा भी नहीं है. This is research gate uh, because I remember uh, reading about this. Uh, I accept one point that you're saying. मैं एक तेरे को point दूँगा. It is very rare in 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 IVC. बहुत कम है. कम है with the concept of क्या होता था में jewelry भी मिली है मगर बहुत कम मिली है. Jewelry भी मिली है मगर बहुत कम मिली है. See jewelry is fine. Even Neanderthal burials have some form of jewelry with them. You know, somebody put flowers at a Neanderthal burial. Those flowers have been preserved. The impression of the flowers has been preserved in the uh, mud, in the clay around it. Okay. Mm. Uh, but this is what you showed me. I hadn't seen. But uh, generally, the culture of grave goods would uh, naturally indicate retainer sacrifice, except we don't have nobility burials. This is still a very ordinary burial for the amount of wealth that Harappa possessed. Again, that is a very good point. In fact, that is one of right. the things that uh, so, many scholars have said. So that is the second layer that comes in. 
which yeah. is elite burials. So it's grave goods. Uh, now, an ordinary person, agar main marunga, and I say that, you know, oh, uh, 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 my dogs should be burnt alive with me on my body. I think the half of Delhi's RSPCA, uh, uh, SPCA will come down on me and there'll be a case against me even post-death, saying cruel bastard, killing your own children like that, etc., etc. If a king says it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, elitism is the second part of this, which is why I said Sanauli is a... It's strange. Because there's a great wealth of grave goods there which shows a kind of stratification. It shows a stratification in an elite segment of society. The caliber of grave goods that you're showing me, which all seem to be clay, they don't indicate great wealth, do they? They certainly don't indicate social stratification. See, the thing, the unique thing about the IVC is that there were very few such... No, 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 no. IVC money. Exactly. Now, you did not even in what and you know, when we talk about elite burials, we're still postulated elite burials where Ex- the caliber of grave goods thoda hai na, thoda current language karke explain kar elite burial matlab aaj ki date mein jaise jail lalita ki humne samadhi banai. What, what jo tu bol raha na? Exactly. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, so that the viewers and the listeners comprehend what you're talking about. It's very important to explain Mm. to them with that example. Yeah, sorry. I keep getting because I assume everybody understands the abstraction. Uh, In a Bronze Age society, remember when we talked about palace economies in the Bronze Age collapse, we talked about how power capture was much, much, much greater in the Bronze Age than it was in the Iron Age. So the elites in the Bronze Age were much more powerful at that point in time. So the resource extraction and concentration that happened at the top was incredible. And the clearest example of this is the pyramids. Why is it that the pyramids are built in the Bronze Age Egypt, but Iron Age Egypt builds absolutely no pyramids? They build tombs, but they don't build pyramids or anything as big as that. Across the globe, even in China, why is it that the Shang dynasty, which is a Bronze Age dynasty, is where you see these massive tombs and burials, but it stops after that? It's There is such a thing as elite resource capture, which is worst in the Bronze Age, where it is only palaces trading with each other for high-end goods because, well, the cost of trade is very, very high, as opposed to democratized trading that becomes... Vogue in the Iron Age. So this resource capture, this kind of elite uh, Iron Age mein dekho, elite ka difference itna hoga, but Bronze Age mein elites ka difference itna hoga, social difference. Okay. So this keep this at the back of your mind. And the greater the power differential, the greater what we would in modern lingo, woke lingo called abuse which is you can ask humans to be sacrificed for you. Taken. Now, uh, this is where are you... Shit, I've broken my train of thought now, Kushal. You Where did we leave off? Before we I were... got to elite stratification. Ah, okay. Let me start sharing again. Now, don't interrupt me for a while till I give you permission to interrupt. Okay, uh, Amma. Okay. Okay. So... 
Here, you surprisingly find that it is not a gr- rich grave goods culture. Sinauli is the exception. Uh, I don't think we've ever found a tomb like Sinauli. And I was half expecting when I heard about Sinauli to hear about some kind of human sacrifice out there. And it did not happen. So I don't think it is a sanitization. I think the death rituals here had diverged from the rest there is a case of Indian exceptionalism, of Indian spiritual exceptionalism to be made, where Indian spiritual rituals had already diverged from this entire circle that you see here, well before by about 5,000 years ago. Not completely, but quite significantly. Uh, I do not believe that there was large-scale human sacrifice. It was extremely rare, and you will find a very... Stunning example when we do this, when we move to the new world, that it can actually happen. You can have a culture that says, no, we're not going to do this or we're going to do this very, very, very rarely. Now, when does this stop? In Egypt, it stops even during the Bronze Age itself. It stops in uh, 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 after the first dynasty, you do not have retainer sacrifices. Uh, in Iraq, again, it stops immediately after the Sumerian period. However, surprise, surprise, in this area, in Lebanon amongst the Phoenicians, it carries on right almost down to Roman times. Okay, they had something called the Tophet, where the firstborn child was sacrificed to the gods. And we're talking late into the Iron Age that this was done. Okay. Uh, You have a picking up different kinds of sacrifice that happen around 2,500 years back in this area. And you begin to start seeing the first examples of human sacrifice, well, archaeologically attested. It could have happened before, I don't know, in uh, uh, Gotland, Gotland, uh, uh, this area generally of Sweden. You also begin to start seeing a lot more evidence for sacrifice in this entire region. We don't know again, because see, just the archaeological thing doesn't prove that this is when it started. Uh, It's just better preservation. I mean, it's easier to preserve things over 2,000 years than I guess 5,000 years, uh, 2,500 to 5,000 years kind of thing. In India, again, we only have literary evidence of human sacrifice at this point. Okay. And I'm very critically excluding this part. So... Anga Bongo Bideha and this part, which is kind of Khmer Mon, I am excluding from the scene for the time being. Now, around 2,500 years back, you see sacrifice all over the place. Uh, And when I say, sorry, before before I get to that, when I say literary evidence, Greece, Greece, what is the example of human sacrifice? Uh, Literary evidence, well, it's Agamemnon sacrificing his daughter. Uh, Iphigenia uh, before uh, they set out for the Trojan War. And his wife, uh, of course, uh, kills him at the end of that for killing Iphigenia. Uh, uh, Was it Iphigenia? I forget. Anyway, Uh, So you see this is how human sacrifice starts and it ends very abruptly. Here it ends in the Bronze Age. Here it continues deep into the Iron Age. They were doing this even during uh, you know, when uh, Augustus's troops came and got defeated at the Teotoborg forest here, it was happening even in the Roman period here. 
uh, it was continuing well into about 980 or so in this area. Uh, it stopped about 1,500 years. Well, I mean, we don't have evidence. Uh, 1,500 years back here. Uh, it stops with the Bronze Age, with the Iron Age, uh, more or less. Uh, it's very significant because China is one of the places where the last human sacrifices actually take place. Uh, surprise, surprise. In India, it still continues up to this day uh, in certain areas, almost exclusively associated with the Shakta cults. Now, there is a belief that Shakta cults actually come from the Himalayan uh, Tibetan border. Uh, because remember, we do not worship. Today, we do not worship the Vedic gods. We pay lip service to them. All our mantras are from the Vedas, but we worship Vishnu, Shiva, Brahma, uh, 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 Durga, etc., etc., who are not Vedic gods. They are given Vedic attributes, but they are not Vedic gods. Uh, so this is the stat of, uh, status of human sacrifice out here. It is very important to remember that nowhere in the old world, okay, nowhere in the old world will you find torture sacrifice. Where the sacrifice is deliberately tortured for a while before being killed. And this then brings us to the new world. Okay, because this is a very, very important aspect of where we are getting. In the new world, a lot of sacrifice is just plain simple torture sacrifice. They are tortured for prolonged periods of time before being killed. Okay, uh, we have uh, almost six, seven thousand year old examples of human sacrifice in the Americas. Uh, supposedly, uh, you know, there's a huge debate if the Solutrean hypothesis and the Clovis culture. Technically, archaeologists tell us that there were no people here before 13,000. They came from here uh, and they slowly, very rapidly, in fact, not slowly, sorry, spread out all the way right up to here. We have significant examples of early human sacrifice here, here, here at the same time. Now, human sacrifices are happening here and in Peru at the same time that they are happening here, which is to say four and a half thousand, four and a half to five thousand years back, except here and here they are particularly nasty and brutal. Okay, people are being the examples for the moche, uh, the examples of the Olmecs here. They are nasty, nasty, nasty sacrifices. Again, we do not know why. But what we do know is that these people, unlike these people who transitioned to the Bronze Age, these people never transitioned out of the Bronze Age. And the problem becomes that as this area remains trapped in the Stone Age, the brutality of these sacrifices remains constant all the way from here right up to here. There is a lot of torture involved in those sacrifices. Of course, some are just direct sacrifices. Let me give you an example. So, for example, Kahokia, which is about a thousand years old, you have people sacrificed simply by, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, ripping their legs. Their legs are ripped. And, you know, I, I invite our audience to take a scale and whip the palm of your own uh, uh, foot. It is excruciating. These people were literally whipped till the flesh fell off and the whip hit the bones. And then they were hacked to pieces. Okay. Uh, if a warrior was captured, uh, he had to take the place of a dead son of the tribe. He would be fed and looked after as a son. But after those two, three days, he would literally be tortured to death and he had to endure the torture bravely. Pieces would be hacked off him. They would throw boiling oil or boiling water on him. They would hack off pieces of his genitals and he had to keep dancing through the entire thing and endure this. So the kind of sacrifices you see in the new world, you simply do not see. And systematically, institutionally, across thousands of kilometers of territory, so consistently. Okay. I'm not going to go into the Olmec and the uh, 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 Moche uh, and the Shavinda Huantar sacrifices. They're really, really gory shit. Uh, they were horrible. They were truly horrible. Okay. Uh, but what happens is we see towards the end when the Spanish, just before the Spanish come, uh, about 500 years back, the Incas stop that. We don't know why again. Remember, these were overwhelmingly illiterate societies, except the Mayas who developed a language. These are illiterate societies. Uh, For whatever reason, the Incas say that we are going to sacrifice very, very rarely, maybe once in 10, 15 years, maybe even once in 30, 40 years, where somebody will be sent up to the top of a sacred mountain. One person, one or two people will be sent up to the top of a sacred mountain. There will be no torture, torture. You will be given lots of cocoa to put you in an intoxicated state, uh, essentially primitive cocaine, I guess. Some kind of primitive opioid uh, uh, to put you into an intoxicated state. And you will be clubbed on the head to fasten the process. You don't know what's happening because you you are in a complete uh, uh, hallucinogen-induced sleep. Uh, and in that sleep, you are either strangulated or clapped on the head. Mm. They do not get rid of human sacrifice, but I would say Incas as a culture have the least amount of sacrifice. Again, like in Egypt, after the first dynasty, retainer sacrifice stops. We do not know why the Inca decided enough is enough. We're not doing this shit anymore. We simply don't know. Because at the same time, their contemporaries in the north, the Aztecs, are doing like sacrifice to a level that wasn't even seen before. At the consecration of the main temple of Tenochtitlan, uh, over a five-day period, 20,000 people were sacrificed. They had things called zompantli, which was the skull rack, uh, where the sacrificial victims would have their heads put up on display, almost like, you know, flowers, in a sense. Uh, And they discovered excruciatingly strange ways of torture. So, for example, for the rain god, uh, you had torture child sacrifices where children would be taken to a water source 
and they would be tortured throughout the way. Their fingernails would be pulled out and things like that. Uh, and they would be crying. And the, the, the intention, was, we know this for a fact because it's uh, 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 listed not in a foreign source, but in a native source, uh, that the children would cry because the crying was desired, because the more the child cried, the more the rains would be. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you had the harvest sacrifice, which was, uh, you know, to uh, signify regeneration. A man and a woman would be made to copulate. They would be thrown into the fire. They wouldn't be allowed to die. The fire would char their skin like bengan ka bharta. You would then remove the bengan ka bharta from the fire or the itsan ka bharta from the fire. Remove the skin while they were still alive and then be thrown back into the fire. These were horrific, horrific sacrifices happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is where you have this whole thing. This is where the hypothesis comes that it starts off in the late Stone Age. Because remember, the new world is a late Stone Age culture. They are Neolithic cultures in, a, in the gunpowder age. Decisively in the gunpowder age, you have a parallel universe with a late Stone Age, an entire continent that exists in the late Stone Age going on. Which is why we believe, rather I believe, my hypothesis, is that it is a late Stone Age innovation that comes out of uh, 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 a a sort of uh, ability to abstract a certain elite control of society, so stratification and hierarchy, which dissipates quite considerably. Now, if you remember the uh, uh, Bronze Age podcast that we did, uh, you you remember how we discussed the sources of tin, which were critical for making copper into bronze, and how that was a very expensive material to get because it came from far away, as opposed to iron, which democratized the entire thing and reduced the social a hierarchy significantly because iron you could produce anywhere. You just needed more energy and more efficient forms of harnessing that energy, heat, in order to produce smelt iron. Mm. So what you see is, is it linked? We, we don't know the linkages. We simply don't know the linkages because there is no theology of human sacrifice listed out. It's possibly gotten sanitized or whatever. That it's compressed this time frame down and we still don't then understand how the Incas who are still very much in the Stone Age said enough is enough. No more of this crap. Was it a theological evolution? We do not know. We will never know. Uh, Primarily because they were illiterate societies and largely what we know about them except the Maya is written by other people. The Maya wrote about themselves. Uh, because they were the only people to have a hieroglyphic script at that point of time. And of course, the Maya did sacrifices of, uh, uh, again, a lot of torture sacrifices. This is common, like I said, to that entire thing. We don't know why this phenomenon ends. We really have no clue. I suspect it has to do with the reduction of elitism and therefore the power of elites relative to society in the Iron Age and the democratization of society that Iron brings about. Again, you this is not in a history book. This is my uh, hypothesis. Feel free to abuse me. Uh, however, 
it is very surprising where human sacrifice continues by old age societies well into the 1600s and 1700s one is china okay so the last dynasty of china the manchu dynasty was the qing dynasty the really that old yeah 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 that that new not that old i uh, sorry that new sorry yeah yeah uh, uh almost the same time that the british unleashed coal power for their mines for their coal mines to extract uh, uh, uh water through a water pump through a electric uh, not electric a uh, coal powered water pump whatever you call it uh uh the chinese were still sacrificing the la- penultimate ming emperor if you go to the temple of heaven in china uh again let me start sharing my screen uh i want you to see this this is the temple of heaven i'll put it up when when it pops up i can see it there you okay. go and okay so this is the temple of heaven this is the image of the temple of heaven this courtyard here mhm was used for the sacrifices and we know for a fact because it is in great detail recorded that the penultimate ming emperor sacrificed five people out here to the gods okay the qing did not carry out human sacrifice the qing did not the penultimate ming uh, uh, did uh so this becomes uh we don't understand why just like today we don't understand why is it that a society as uh culturally sophisticated as india would be carrying out human sacrifices till very recently it's put down to being psycho ye pagal hai because remember you have the kapalik movement in bengal till very recently but remember bengal was a shamanistic backwater till about 5 to 700 years back uh, you remember how we discussed that it was the turkic dynasties and the mughals who really started felling forests and opened up bengal in a sense mm. uh, so and you find a great deal of this shamanism within the shakta tradition as well which is why even today to kali you sacrifice animals mm-hmm. kali badi there is animal sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, you go up to the hills you know uh, there is that uh, uh, it's horrible i mean you can go see videos of uh, close to 1000 uh, buffaloes being sacrificed uh, in uh, nepal they literally they're running scared and being clubbed over I, the i was just about to say that it happens at a mass level in nepal industrial scale uh, 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 sacrifice of bovines uh uh you know you still have these uh, uh even today in tamil nadu you have temples where goats and uh, chickens and things are op- offered up as sacrifices mm-hmm. okay uh why does this happen we do not understand uh, i mean theoretically we are a modern society yet you people feel the need to go and sacrifice and you know what happens is i never realized this uh we have a sacrifice substitute even in uh some of our rituals in tamrams 
right? Uh, it's substituted with a watermelon. Mm -hmm. You take a watermelon and you smash it. You mm -hmm. cut open a little part. You put kumkum into it. You shut it. And then you smash it, chop it or something like that. Which is clearly some kind of a substitute sacrifice uh, uh, whatever. Imagine this continues even today and we don't study. Uh, I have not come across a single sociological paper on why this continues amongst us even to this day. Right. Uh, 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 for Jews and Muslims, to this day, halal or kosher is a uh, sacrifice to the gods. And, you know, at least India is a third world country. But what's your excuse in Israel, which is one of the richest countries on earth? Uh, one of the highest per capita income countries on earth, one of the most developed societies on earth. People there still believe in this, that at Passover, an animal has to be sacrificed to the gods. Right. So we then the second part, and I'm going to finish up very quickly, which I wanted to focus on was the economics of it. Uh, remember, Stone Age societies, human life is extremely valuable. Uh, Stone Age societies tend to be small. And I'll come to the new world later. Tend to be small. They live on the edge. Minor climate change can wipe out whole communities. So human sacrifice could not have taken place as long as the community was small. Because the economics of losing a working member of society was too much. It endangered the entire community. On the other hand, allowing an old person to die. Uh, I would say very similar to say Salekhna in the Jain practice. Uh, would kind of be economically acceptable because the pros that the old man or old woman brings to the community are overshadowed by the amount of resources he extracts from the community. This could have been an origin of human sacrifice, could have, because remember that calculation is an economic calculation. And for that kind of an economic calculation to happen is a very significant jump in abstraction in the human mind. It requires a sophistication of thought in the human mind. Okay. In a Bronze Age society, that, or even late uh, large Stone Age society, like the New World, what would happen is your life would not be precarious because you have built large societies, because you have invented farming. The difference between a small Stone Age society and a large Stone Age society is farming. Uh, what happens is that it's a fantastic way for the elite to maintain control. It's a fantastic way of getting rid of undesirable people. It's a fantastic way of terrorizing the population. Uh, which is essential for elite social control to happen. Okay, uh, so you evolve from an early economic rationale to a late social control rationale, which goes away with the Iron Age, except for symbolic sacrifices. Now, the question is, do you consider Sati to be a human sacrifice? If you accept that, you know, uh, the royal tombs of Ur or the first dynasty tombs of Egypt, or the Shang tombs of China 
are human sacrifices. They are retainer sacrifices so that somebody can serve their Lord in the afterlife. Do you then accept that sati is a human sacrifice? Um, because see, there is an one second. There is an economic rationale to sati in Bengal. First, remember Bengal was to use the colloquialism civilized, very late, very very late. We've discussed this in the architecture series that you know Bengal produces, in spite of its immense wealth, it produced no worthwhile architecture. Uh, there was the economic rationale that in Bengal you had the Dayabhaga where the woman would inherit property and to prevent that from happening she the mother would be killed or the, rather the wife would be killed. Uh, whereas in the rest of the uh, country you had the Mityakshara system where the woman did not inherit property where she would not be killed uh, except in certain areas where it did happen. Uh, Theoretically, it should have been worse in Kerala because Nair women inherited property. They, heck, they ruled the house, but they were killed, probably because they ruled the house. So I come back to you, Kushal. Do you consider Sati to be human sacrifice? Uh, honestly, I don't. And I'll explain why. I think it is gender specific, first of all. The history of human sacrifice in other cultures, from whatever I have read, has been gender neutral, very interestingly. In fact, gender neutral till the extent of being very much to the male side, less to the female side, because Correct. those who, who you were usually sacrificed were men, sometimes to show their bravado, because they were building an army of sorts that the man who goes through all of it and still survives is the true warrior kind of a nonsense where there was there or a child sacrifice, but they would never sacrifice the women. I mean, I look at it purely from an evolutionary perspective is women. And I'm not saying these these are my views. I'm telling why ancient humans might be doing it before all the women get excited. They must have looked at women as baby-making factories. So they're like, Inko marke koi matlab nahi hai. Now let me give you the counter to it. The Incas almost exclusively sacrificed women. Well, yeah. Uh, see, it had, the, the rare occasion. I, I get the it. rainbow dance and the sun dance uh, in Northern America exclusively involved female sacrifices where a virgin was tied up and arrows were slowly shot into her. Uh, you did not target the heart. You had to target all the non-essential parts of the body to prolong her death out to one or two hours uh, where she would be pumped full of arrows and slowly killed off. So yeah, so I'll tell you something different uh, and something controversial. What I think Sati hmm. symbolizes, Sati much more symbolizes, I am not literally reducing it to that, but I think Sati symbolizes a more religious mindset in the sense, you know how these crazy jihadis think we are going to something higher. Sati actually symbolizes that exact notion where people are basically tied into going into something deeper and higher. That's what Sati symbolizes. Now, human sacrifice comes from a very different... You, you have to sacrifice that human to attain something for the larger society. In Sati, the woman is voluntarily, supposedly voluntarily in court, sacrificing herself to attain something for herself, not for the society. Human sacrifices are for society. Sati is for herself. Right. Uh, but it's given. So, for example, Aztec torture sacrifices, uh, only great warriors were uh, sacrificed. So there's this famous case where one neighboring chieftain was captured 
and he was sentenced to not sentenced he was honored to die in gladiatorial combat where he had to face four aztec soldiers with only a feather to defend himself he actually managed to defeat the four warriors using a feather but then he insisted he be torture sacrificed because he said the gods had ordained that he be captured and therefore it was a great thing to be sacrificed to the gods there isn't a single human sacrifice that has involved the victim going to hell they all involve going him or her to a higher place that's half the mojo of a sacrifice that it's a great honor for you even when you're being especially when you're being tortured and let's be clear uh, you know burning a woman alive is very much even the chinese didn't burn people alive yeah uh, it, it's uh, uh, and in india is one of the few other places where you actually get these torture sacrifices sati is a torture sacrifice you burn Volunt- alive voluntary sometimes not voluntary sometimes I think not even meenakshi jain in a book makes it quite clear that sometimes it definitely wasn't yeah but most so of the totally, time it was voluntary total accounted cases is what 3000 cases over 2000 years approximately is what yeah meenakshi and did. it's a rare practice just for the record it's extremely rare, rare yeah extremely rare yeah right yeah. so basically 1.25 sacrifice uh, uh, satis per year is the total total documented mm-hmm. okay total documented is 3000 over 2000 years Mm-hmm. uh but you know the thing is uh there's a very fascinating thing that i found in madras museum when you go into madras museum you will see the first thing out there at the foyer is this sacrificial altar from odisha apparently mm-hmm. which is shaped a wooden thing like this and a wooden stake like that the guy was tied to this and he was literally ground his feet were ground while he was alive mm-hmm. before being hacked so india is one of those very rare places where you have torture sacrifice just like the americas and of course in india it continues to a very late period mm-hmm. admittedly in tribal societies admittedly in societies that did not achieve a high level of human development within india because remember india is extremely heterogeneous in terms of you have odisha modern odisha where you had some of the most civilized civilizations of india that literally went and sacked patliputra uh, 20 years after ashoka's death and at the same time in southern odisha you have uh, this kind of a human sacrifice device it's from 1700s or 1800s being discovered you had bengal which led the industrial revolution in india where almost simultaneously kapaliks and sati was happening almost simultaneously uh it's because in india several centuries exist side by side in delhi you will have the 21st century you go out to rohtak you'll have the 11th or the 7th century uh, i don't have an answer to it i'm just throwing up these questions uh So yeah, I'm going to end there. Let's go to the questions. Okay, I'm going to ask. There are a few questions. Guess in saying comments to open them early. Ha, no comment open की जरूरत नहीं है. मैं सिर्फ questions देख रहा हूँ. तू तू बहुत ये हो जाता है. कमीना है तो. इसके लिए. Okay, so what could possibly have been thinking the thinking behind the start of human sacrifice and the continual sacrifice given to gods till this date? 
like I said, we don't know. I yeah, mean, look within knows. yourself. When when you go, technically, even cracking a coconut is a sacrifice, no? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, cracking a coconut is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you do it? Do you believe cracking a coconut brings you good fortune? Yeah, it does. I know for a fact, I always crack coconuts when I go to a temple and definitely brings me good fortune. I can actually statistically correlate it uh, to uh, large infusions of wealth that I have had every time I've gone to a temple and cracked a coconut. (coughs) Some people find that with chickens and goats or sheep with Jews. Uh, Why? I don't know. I mean... I've never examined within myself. For me, it's an unthinking process where I just go smash the coconut. For these people, was it the same unthinking process? There's a very interesting hypothesis that uh, a lot of Native American societies that were observed much later when anthropology became an art, the untouched societies within the Amazon, Mm -hmm. where there was endemic violence, where 20-25% of the population used to get killed off very regularly because of low-level systematic violence amongst tribes themselves, Mm-hmm. The mothers simply would not make eye contact with their own babies. Mm. And that is because it when you make eye contact with the babies, your heart melts. to protect it. This has also been noticed in Papua New Guinea, where you know endemic warfare happens and cannibalism is rampant. Uh, mm. You will not make eye contact with your baby because you don't want to get attached to the baby because you your rate of survival is so low. The emotional withdrawal takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is it is is the same emotion lack of emotional attachment we have to a coconut? Uh, the same lack of emotional attachment that somebody would have to a chicken or a goat. By butcher, uske prime example hai. Time, but, butcher, uske prime yeah, example hai. emotional dis, uh, detachment. Are ye de, army, armed forces. Armed forces, mein aap kar kya rahe ho? Aap hmm. ja ke ko to goli hmm. maar rahe ho na? A, aap, aap jab army mein jate ho, aur aap war ladte ho, to, you have met way more army people than I have in my life because of your work and life. You know they are desensitized. In fact, you know, uh, a lot of anthropologists believe that the army is the last example continuing. Militaries are the last examples continuing of human sacrifice. In the past, so say in the Aztecs, you would sacrifice a warrior for better reign. Today, you believe that your country has a superior ideology, the idea of Pakistan or the idea of India or whatever. A company of, say, 12 soldiers goes up the hill in Kargil to fight. You know that three or four of them are not coming back. They are willingly going into that situation. Why? So that the rest of us can be safe and we can be blessed with good fortune. Does that make it a human sacrifice? A lot of anthropologists believe that. Patriotism in the military is, in fact, a form of human sacrifice. It's actually quite a convincing logic. Hmm. And and just on Sati, right? I mean, people forget the story of Ahilya Bhai. You know, jab khande rao ki kitni das biviyan thi aur jo wo jari thi Sati commit karne to Malar Rao ne Ahilya Bhai ko self-immolation se roka tha because she was indispensable for uh, other work. 
so what what i'm trying to say is a uh, uh so you know kya hota hai ki sati voluntary thi uske bahut sare evidence hai hamari history mein aur pressurized bhi thi uske bhi bahut sare incidents hai magar rare thi wo sabse common truth hai However, the caste discrimination was the most predominant as opposed to no caste discrimination yes but for every example you of caste discrimination i can give you example in the exact same time period of non caste discrimination mm-hmm. which does not mean caste discrimination did not happen so it's the mm-hmm. same thing here mm. okay kisi ne pucha tha is kushagra same as durva darbha yeah it is the same as durva darbha usko kya ek english mein word hai yaar bolte hain अभी वो एग्जैक्ट उसकी प्रोनाउंसिएशन मेरे को आती नहीं है करने को डेस्मोस बिपिनाटा ऐसे कुछ बोलते हैं उसको उसका एकदम टेक्निकल वर्ड है ये वो दर्भग्रास बेसिकली दर्भग्रास इज द सेम एज कुशग्रास वो तूने कुशग्रास को स्टार्ट में बोला था ना अच्छा uh see there's no text that actually says they require human sacrifice it's a convention of human sacrifice kali being the most common okay kali not even durga only kali kali being the most common uh again that is convention the kapaliks decided that kali required human sacrifice some people decided that kali required human sacrifice uh if you actually find the theological is there any theological justification of human sacrifice zero so require main nahi bolunga next look guy a question aaya abhi was native america plus meso america the citadel of human sacrifice as compared to other pagan tribes like norse greeks ivc turkic tribes uh no uh, see again it's culturally relative and this is where cultural relativism is applied in a good way as opposed to most cultural relativism which is bullshit to explain away jihad um mesoamerica is the only place where the stone age evolved well into agriculture and became empire size therefore the scale of those sacrifices was fundamentally much bigger as opposed to uh the rest of the world where the bronze age sets in clearly some kind of checks and balances on the king set in we don't know what uh 
and then the Iron Age kind of democratizes and gets rid of this extreme power capture. But I won't say that it is, first of all, I disagree with this characterization that it's this human sacrifice central. Uh, it's just a different anthropological reality because remember, all societies behave the same under the same stimuli and same circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's an immutable rule of sociology. Okay. Now, uh, someone has asked, Abhijit ji, don't you think Islam and Christianity is beneficial for the world as due to their influence, human sacrifices are completely stopped around the world? I have an answer, but two pehle answer kar. Bhai, do you know the basis of Christianity itself is a human sacrifice? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That, is a, that has to be Jesus the silliest question is ever. God, is, <laughs> Jesus is God torture sacrificing his son for your sins. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? In fact, in fact, uh, in fact the uh, uh, one of the earliest books written, which uh, I've got a copy of somewhere, is Bernardo de Sahagun's Conquest of Mexico. Uh you know, when the Christians bring the cross and narrate the story of how Christ died for you, the Maya are so thrilled that they start crucifying their children as sacrifice. It's like, oh, there's a new form of sacrifice that we've got from the West. Western technology transfer. And the Spanish are stunned. They're like, Benchot, we told you this. Not for you. It, it was meant to be the supreme sacrifice and whatever, whatever. So understand the kind of torture sacrifices that happened in the new world were a theological shock to the Spanish. Because for them, crucifixion was the ultimate torture sacrifice that ended everything. Where God mm -hmm. sacrificed. And here they're like, why there are a lot more painful sacrifices out here. We can't really compete with this. Secondly, in, in Islam... Always remember. Uh, now let oh. us have the discussion. Uh -huh. We had discussion about it's Sati, fine. right? What is the suicide bomber? What yeah. is it? What is it? Exactly right. And it is glorified. Remember all the Aztec, Moche, Olmec, Toltec, Maya sacrifices. They were glorified. These were heroes. When the enemy king was walking up to be sacrificed without being bound or tied, they went like, ah, ha, 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 haram zada manne ke liye ja hai. They're like, wo hai mard. Dekho, wo mard hai. Asli mard wo hai. Hmm. Even today, what do they say about suicide bombers? Asli mard ye hai. Ye shaheed hai. Okay, yeah. I was just going to say that the same analogy applies. It is to the exact, so... The basis of Christianity is a human sacrifice. Yeah. Or, or, in, the, uh, or, or in Japanese, the kamikazes. Yeah. Uh, e even that in a sense. Right. Uh, two important questions here I'll deal with very quickly because I've got to run now. Uh, Mahindra, was there a heavy use of psychedelics connected to human sacrifices? Yes, there was. Uh, in fact, psychedelics, uh, you know, uh, Graham Hancock makes this case that psychedelics and uh, Joe Rogan made a very stupid statement that psychedelics led to a more peaceful society. Wrong. They led to a much, much more violent society. Uh, Rogan's a hippie, right? Gay. You have to realize he's a hippie. Yeah. Uh, 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 th there was heavy, heavy use of narcotics, especially mushroom-derived narcotics 
which Joe Rogan loves, in the worst of these sacrifices. Uh, except the warrior sacrifices, where the warrior was not meant to, he, he was meant to endure his death. Yeah, yeah, question, Achha. But, Will we see revival of sacrifice of the, the, the sacrifice culture when we once we start building human-like robots? That's a very good question. That, I don't know. I I I I will put my neck on the line. I think we'll start doing it again. We're just jackasses I... of the highest order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, second important question: Incas went folk. Yeah, they probably went folk. They went into mm. gender ideology and all that shit and went folk, man. Uh, uh, and did Shiva sacrifice him to stop Kali's rage? Uh, see, that's different. Mythology of sacrifices like that is a totally different. Uh, uh, thing because that is a kind of a spiritual representation mm-hmm. uh, it will of course Kapaliks interpreted a lot of this as requiring real world sacrifices so sure but I, I don't think it was Just I'll just leave uh, you guys with one last thought see the reason human ah, beings started I doing uh, I know I know you have to go to Advaita I know so we'll wrap it up now see try one last comment on this is from my end is going to be, and then I'll give it back to Abhijitas. The reason symbols came up is because eventually human beings realize, okay, this is a bad idea. We need we need to please the gods some other way. So they started doing this nariel or uh, pomegranate or or other animals. They stopped human sacrifices, and that's how this is the journey of human sacrifice in my view. But I'll give you the last word, Abhijit, and then you go. And the main reason I did this, why I do a lot of this is a lot of you come from this area of being apologetic. That somehow we're culturally crude that these sati happened and things like that. Venture the industrial sacrifice to Hamne Band Kardiana. But uh, there's a whole current religion that claims to be ultra modern that's based on a uh, torture sacrifice. There's one that celebrates sacrifice. Uh, uh, what is essentially the same logic as sacrifice as uh, 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 shahadat. What are you people on about? You need to understand the sociology and anthropology and stop being apologetic about things. Understand it. I mean, there's no need to uh, uh, do any of this shit anymore. It's crude. It's unnecessary. Uh, But don't, don't get defensive about it. All right. If tomorrow you discover that uh, 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 Harappa was in fact the human sacrifice central, there is a very good anthropological, sociological explanation for it. It doesn't make you inferior theologically, mentally, culturally, civilizationally in any way. Okay. Calm down, control your emotions and think about things clearly. That's it. Fair enough. I think this was a very interesting discussion. Uh, let's see how YouTube reacts to this and what happens. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but I know Abhijit has to go uh, and uh, speak with Advaita. So you go. And uh, next month, we'll think about some new topics and we'll come up with uh, something interesting. Once again, I apologize for the microphone glitch in the beginning. Uh, and Abhijit, tata bye-bye. Tata bye-bye. Okay, guys, Abhijit has to go now. So I will remove him from the screen. Tuja Abhijit. And uh, before we uh, wrap things up, once again, uh, the aim of today's podcast was not only... uh, We did not even think of Halloween when we decided to do this. Full disclosure. I was just joking. 
but the aim of today's podcast see what abhijit and i try to do when we think of these uh, these topics is we make you think we want you to think and go in different areas and have a different uh, uh, perspective on multiple issues so i hope you you understand and appreciate the effort here it is not to make you go on this direction or that direction it's just to make you think in a heterodox way where your cherished beliefs are challenged or your inner views are challenged that that's the sole aim of the charvak podcast and i hope i'm able to do that and i hope you realize that the all of you when you support me whether on youtube or patreon or through upi or through any way by liking the video or subscribing to the, you are basically supporting enhancement of heterodoxy and while we don't remove the orthodox views we are just heterodox because we like to have an open mind so i appreciate all of you standing with me every single day i will see you again on monday with an interesting discussion again it's going to be on a book and until then take care bye bye see ya